0: Have you ever thought of your lifestyle as a piece of protective armor? That's exactly what it is for Christians whose lives reflect their love for Christ. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah considers how righteous living can protect you from the enemy's attacks. With a look at the second piece of armor in the believer's arsenal, here's David to introduce today's message, The Breastplate of Righteousness. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're a Christian, And you've studied the Word of God or
1: listened to any discussion about it, you probably know there is um, some discussion about what is the righteousness of Christ. Is it Christ's righteousness or is it Christian righteousness? Is it the righteousness of Christ that we got when he made that incredible switch with us on the cross, when he took our sin and gave us his righteousness, or is it our daily righteous living? And let me give you a definitive answer to that question. It's both. And we're going to learn that today as we open our Bibles and learn how to use the breastplate of righteousness, implement number two, in the armor of the believer. You know, we've talked a lot about the book for the month, which we're making available, which is our answer book, the beautiful Spiritual Warfare answer book. But I hold in my hands today as I'm doing this introduction a copy of our study guide for this series. If you want to teach spiritual warfare in your small group, the way you do that is to get a A copy of the messages, the CD of all the messages, and then get study guides for everybody in your group. And the Spiritual Warfare Study Guide is beautiful. It gives you all that we're talking about outlined. There's some charts. There's questions. This helps you wrap your mind around the truth. And then have just robust discussions about God's Word. That's what small groups are for. Um, They're not necessarily for you to tell everybody how you feel about things. It's it's to learn the Word of God and interact with it and help each other be iron sharpening iron. This is a great small group Bible study. Find out more about it when you get in touch with us at davidjeremiah.org. Well, here's the first part of the breastplate of righteousness from Ephesians 6, verse 14. When we hear in the Bible that we're to stand having our loins girt about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness about us so that we might resist the evil one, we may listen to it in a little different way than we would have several years ago because we are in a war. Now, there's several questions you have to ask once you say that when you study the armor of the believer the first question is this do i really care about this battle secondly am i ready to get prepared for the conflict we prepare for battle according to the book of ephesians by putting on the whole armor of god and the first piece of that armor is the girdle of truth and we learned last time we were together that the girdle of truth represents not only the truth of god's word but the sincerity or truthfulness within our own hearts and lives? Do we want to be soldiers of the Lord? We prepare for battle by putting on the whole armor of God. And the first piece of armor, as we know, is the belt of truth, which speaks of truth as it is, the objective truth. And it also speaks of our truthfulness, our sincerity as people. For us to be victorious in this war, we have to be men and women of integrity. We have to have A moral core, a fiber that's genuine. We can't be something on the outside and something totally different on the inside. But the problem is, there are many today who are in the church who want to be in the church, but they don't want to get out on the front. They like to sort of just hover in the back. Their commitment isn't very much, except that they know Jesus, they know they're going to heaven, but don't ask Him to do anything else. The question we have to ask today is this Am I living the kind of life? that enables me to engage in this war. Have I put on the breastplate of righteousness? I need to tell you a little story. When I first started the ministry years ago, I didn't know very much about evangelism and I was wanting to learn because I had started a church with just seven families and I knew that if we didn't win people to Jesus, that church would only and always be seven families. I did not have as my goal in life to just be the pastor of seven families forever, so I wanted that church to grow. But here I was, a graduate of college, Bible college, graduate of seminary. I had really never personally led anyone to Christ. I didn't know how to do it. And just about that time, James Kennedy had put forward his evangelism explosion, method of evangelism. And I learned that through a very wonderful way, having listened to it on a tape and then transcribing the tape and writing it all down. Practicing on Donna. I always laugh because I got her lost and saved so many times. It's a wonder if she's not so confused But I'll never forget when I got Jim Kennedy's notes in the final notes before it became a book He asked this question He asked the question why don't Christians tell others about their faith? Why don't they witness and Dr. Kennedy anticipated that the answers would come back something like this and in this order Number one, I don't witness because I am afraid. Number two, I don't feel like I'm equipped and have never been taught how. And number three, I don't know any people who are unsaved so that I can get involved and get to know them. He thought those would be the top three answers. He said to his surprise that none of those things were in the top five. In fact, he said the first reason and the overwhelming first reason in all of the surveys was this. I don't witness because of the life that I live. The people who answered the anonymous questionnaire were at the center of why it is important to put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness is a piece of armor that covered the body from the neck to the thighs. It consisted of two parts covering the front and partially around toward the back. The warrior without his breastplate was dangerously exposed to the enemy and could easily be killed because his vital organs were left unprotected. He could take an arrow to the heart and his life would be snuffed out immediately. When we are told to put on the breastplate of righteousness, it is a spiritual symbolic thing that we are called to do. I want to suggest to you that symbolically putting on the breastplate of righteousness involves four things. Number one, the breastplate symbolizes the righteousness of Christ. The Bible tells us that when we become Christians, immediately we are given the righteousness of Christ. Paul wrote about this in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 1.30. He said, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. What that means simply is this, listen carefully, that when Jesus Christ came down to this earth as the perfect son of God, he went to the cross and he died. When he hung upon the cross, two major things happened. It is the greatest transaction that has ever occurred in all of the world's history. At the moment in time when Jesus died, he took our sin upon himself He became sin for us. That's what the scripture says. All of our sin, all of us living now, living before us and those who live after us if the Lord tarries, all of our sin was placed symbolically on the heart and life of the Lord Jesus as he hung on the cross and he paid for all of that sin through his death. But secondly, the Bible says that when we put our trust in him for eternal life, not only does he forgive our sin, but he gives to us his righteousness and we become positionally righteous in jesus christ that is the greatest bargain the world has ever known i have never been able to understand why people turn that down this is the greatest opportunity anybody has ever had to get rid of your sin and in its place get the righteousness of christ i mean how could you not want to do that Once when Swiss theologian Karl Barth was asked what he thought was the most important word in the New Testament, he answered the word huper. And I don't know if you know what that word is, but in the Greek New Testament, that is a transition. It's a preposition meaning on behalf of. The word Hooper means on behalf of or in place of. And what Karl Barth meant was that the most important of all the truths is that in salvation, Jesus takes our place to bear the punishment for our sins so that in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. Second Corinthians 521. Now it is not uncommon for jesus saving work to be reduced by well-meaning teachers merely to his death on the cross i mean true the suffering of jesus for our sin is the center of the gospel message there could have been no salvation for us unless jesus had died bearing the penalty due for our transgressions but it is only one half of what is necessary It is the negative side of what he did for us. The positive side is the imputation of the righteousness of Christ to us so that we are now able to stand before God clothed in that righteousness. In other words, his perfect active obedience was necessary for salvation. He gave us his righteousness that is what happened and that is why paul was able to write these words that i may be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through faith in christ the righteousness which is from god by faith ladies and gentlemen if you're a christian it's not so much about anything else other than this your sin has been forgiven and you have been given the righteousness of jesus christ you are clothed in the righteousness of christ Now we must understand that the righteousness of Christ that is transferred to us is the righteousness which he achieved by living under the law for 33 years without once sinning jesus had to live a life of obedience before his death could ever mean anything he had to acquire if you will merit at the bar of justice without his life of sinless obedience jesus atonement would have had no value at all we need to see the crucial significance of this truth we need to see that not only did jesus die for us listen to me he actually lived for us he lived under the standards of the law never breaking one And for those years he was the perfect son of god and the perfect son of man walking among us and living out all the requirements of righteousness when you put on the breastplate of righteousness it symbolizes the fact that you are protected by the righteousness of christ when the accuser accuses the brethren let's suppose he's at work up there and he says do you see jeremiah down there do you see how upset he was after the football game today? <laughs> Let me tell you about him, Lord. And the Lord says, no, no, I don't see Jeremiah like you see him. I see him through my son, Jesus Christ. And when I look at Jeremiah, I see a righteous Jeremiah. Pastor Erwin Lutzer helps us with an illustration here. He says, imagine a book titled The Life and Times of Jesus Christ as you open the book you discover an account of every good thing jesus christ ever did alongside that book is another book titled the life and times of david jeremiah now irwin didn't put that in there i did in that book is a detailed description of every wrong action you ever committed and every evil thought you have ever had when you trust in christ as your savior Almighty God exchanges the covers of those two books He places the cover of the life and times of Jesus Christ Around your book of life So when God looks at Jesus on the cross He sees every sin you ever committed or ever thought of committing God saw all your failures as part of Jesus life story Then God took the cover of Jesus' book and placed it around your life. Now when God looks at you, He no longer sees your sin, but instead He sees the righteousness of His perfect Son. God views your life story as if it were Jesus' life story. That is what it means to be filled with the righteousness of Christ and to have that righteousness imputed to you. So I don't have to be worried when Satan accuses me before the Father. I mean, when the father looks at me, he sees Christ and his righteousness. So that is called positional righteousness. That means the righteousness I always have with God, no matter what's going on in my life, almighty God sees me through what Jesus did in the cross. He knows that my sins were forgiven by his death, and he knows that the righteousness which Christ earned through his perfect obedience was transferred to my life I now have the cover of Jesus on the book of my life. I don't know what that does for you, but boy, I'll tell you what, that's an amazing truth, is it not? So the breastplate of righteousness means that I am clothed with the righteousness of Christ. That is kind of the first level of protection. The breastplate symbolizes Christ's righteousness. But the breastplate also symbolizes the Christian's righteousness. Somebody asked one time, What is the best definition of sanctification? You know, sanctification is that term you used to hear in the testimony meetings when you were growing up in a little country church. And the little lady stood up and she gave her testimony. She said, I want to thank God that I'm saved and I'm sanctified. And she went on and then you never knew what it meant. Sounded good, but you didn't know for sure what it was. Sanctification is the process of growing in holiness. That's all it is. Sanct comes from the word holy. It means to become more holy it's growing in christ well here's the best definition that i've ever heard of sanctification here's what it is sanctification now listen to me carefully is becoming in practice what you already are in position you see that what are you in position class you're the righteousness of christ now the bible says that as we walk on this earth almighty god wants us to live In light of what we already are he wants us to walk in righteousness he wants us to live righteous lives if the problem with many christians is that they wear the positional armor but they don't want to wear the practical armor this armor symbolizes not only christ's righteousness But it symbolizes the righteousness of the Christian it is us living the righteous life along with the fact that Christ has imputed his righteousness to us We have that before God now It's our responsibility every day to live in light of who we are Somebody said if we are righteous in Christ up there He should be righteous in us down here (laughs) Isn't that true? He wants us to live like we know what it means to be in Christ and the scriptures instruct us continually to practice and pursue righteousness. You see, if all we need is positional righteousness so that we can be prepared for warfare, there would not be any instruction in the word of God for us to pursue righteousness. But let me just give you two or three scriptures that will help you understand how vitally important this is. First John 3, 10, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice Righteousness is not of God. Revelation twenty-two, eleven. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. First Timothy six, eleven, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness. The enemy is more easily overcome if he is not suffered to enter the door of our hearts, but is resisted without the gates at his first knock. In other words, that we should always be on guard, that not only we understand the righteousness of Christ, which has been given to us in our salvation, but that we have been called by this same God who effected the transaction to live lives of righteousness and to be righteous people. The Bible teaches us that we're to put on righteousness. Turn back in your Bibles, if you're still open, to Ephesians 6 to the fourth chapter, And the Bible tells us that we are to put on righteousness. Verse 24 of the fourth chapter says, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. In the book of Revelation, we are told that when we get to heaven, listen to me, I don't know if you ever knew this before, when we get to heaven, we're going to be clothed in our righteousness, in linen clothing representing our righteousness. And someone has suggested if some Christians don't get things straightened out, in heaven they're going to be indecently exposed. <laughs> you see, here's the careful balance it's first of all about what Christ has done for us in making us righteous. And then it's secondly about what he asks us to do in light of what he has done for us, simply that we live as righteous people. And that is a part of the breastplate of righteousness, which the Bible tells us to put on. You may wonder what this has to do with conflict. Let me explain. Apart from a righteous life, the Christian really has no defense against Satan's accusations. Satan will make you doubt whether you're even a Christian. You won't witness because you will think, how can I tell them what Christ has done for me when my life is not any different than theirs? (laughs) What kind of a life are we talking about what kind of a lifestyle turn in your bibles to second corinthians chapter 6 and there's an extended passage there that helps us paul is making his defense before the church at corinth and the actual word armor is in this verse in verse 7 the armor of righteousness and according to paul this is kind of what an armor of righteousness looks like second corinthians chapter 6 verses 3 through 10. We give no offense in anything that our ministry might not be blamed. But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. That passage of Scripture is a wonderful poetic description of what a Christian is. A Christian defies Explanation by those who don't know Christ read through the list again when you get a chance, and it's all about the Unusual mess of Christianity the Christian who is wearing the breastplate of righteousness will go through life And no matter what happens he will find some victory in every situation In times of stress in times of joy in rejoicing in sorrow in plenty in want there will be a consistent Quality about his life that's what happens when you have the righteousness of Christ in you and you live the righteousness of Christ outwardly. There is no power in a Christian's life if it is not a righteous life. You can't witness. You can't be victorious over temptation. Every time you try to do battle with the enemy, he brings to your mind the sin in your life and he goes right for that weakness and you are powerless to withstand his tactics. And most of us at one time or another in our walk with the Lord, we know what that's like. We know what has happened. Dr. Charles Erdman once wrote One who binds himself without a determined loyalty to the holy will and law of God is secure against the deadly thrust of the tempter. What he means is if we lock into this idea that Paul has given us, that we are not only the righteousness of Christ in Jesus, but Jesus is his righteousness in the way we live, that sets us free to serve the Lord someone else has written a man who is conscious of being in the wrong is usually a coward a man who knows that he is right can withstand a multitude and he enters the conflict without fear so here we are we're talking about how we're gonna make it through this time and You know, these are pretty serious things that Paul is teaching us, that we need to be people of truthfulness, that we need to believe in the objective truth of God. And now he's talking about our lives. We need to understand what Christ has done for us at the cross, forgiving our sin and giving us his righteousness. But then we need to understand that along with the positional righteousness, which makes us perfectly acceptable before God, he wants us to live in light of who we are. He wants us to become in practice what we already are in position. The breastplate symbolizes Christ's righteousness, and it symbolizes the Christian's righteousness. More about that tomorrow here on Turning Point as we continue our discussion of spiritual warfare, a very timely discussion during the times in which we are living. We're at war, not just physical war. I mean, we understand we're at war some places around the world all the time. No, we're in, we're in spiritual warfare, and we're fighting against an unseen enemy. It's almost like um, what people are talking about, uh, terrorism. They say, you, you don't fight against terrorism. How do you do that? They don't wear uniforms. They don't show up together. The devil is a terrorist. Let me just tell you that. And the demons that he manages, they're terrorists. They want to destroy you. They want to defeat you. They want to discourage you. But you don't have to let them do it. You can put on the armor— And go into the battle and be victorious. We're learning about that during this particular series here on Turning Point. Tomorrow, we'll finish up our discussion of the breastplate of righteousness. And then on Friday, we're going to talk about the shoes of the gospel of peace. All of these pieces of equipment of the Roman armor and how they apply to us spiritually. Don't forget to ask for your copy of the answer book answers to questions about spiritual warfare when you send your gift to Turning Point during the month of June. We need your help because this is the end of our fiscal year. But we would love to send you this book because we know that you will keep this. You will hang on to this thing for um, for two or three months and just read little sections of it. It answers a lot of questions And sometimes people don't want to touch, especially in the area of demons. What about it? Can a Christian be demon-possessed? Well, you can find the answer in this book. And uh, we'd love to have you own this book for yourself. And you can do that by sending a gift to Turning Point during the month of June. Make it the best gift you can give. Do your best. Let it represent you. And then ask for your copy of the book on spiritual
0: warfare. We'll see you right here tomorrow. Thanks for listening. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's current teaching series, Spiritual Warfare, Please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, ask for your copy of David's timely book, Answers to Questions About Spiritual Warfare. It's filled with strategies for fighting the forces of evil, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet, or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.org. radio This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Spiritual Warfare, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah.
1: Though he finally agreed to serve, Thomas Jefferson was wary of becoming President of the United States. Perhaps this quote from him explains why. No man will ever bring out of the presidency the reputation which carries him into it. Since there had only been two presidents before him, Washington and Adams, he didn't base his words on their experience. Rather, he must have known something about how power can change a person. Jesus said that those who truly understand their power over others will use it to serve them, not to lord it over them. If we do likewise, we'll be changed for the better. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's power to serve on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.